everyone, and welcome to the Path 11 podcast. We have an exciting show today. We're going to be speaking to Andy Brine, who is the founder and director of The Entrepreneur's Journey. He provides mentoring and coaching to guide people on their path and journey, and he does this by using the structure and philosophy of the hero's journey, while also integrating strategies from personal coaching, clinical hypnotherapy, neuro-linguistic programming, Reiki, and other transformational tools and techniques for personal development. So welcome, Andy. Thank you for uh, introducing me and having me on your show, April. It's uh, fantastic. (laughs) Yeah, you're welcome. I'm, I'm interested to hear a little bit more, well, number one, about your journey first. Maybe you can take our listeners on on the story and journey of Andy Brine, um, but also found it pretty interesting of, you know, what you're using with the philosophy of the hero's journey. And we really haven't had anyone on the show to talk about neuro-linguistic programming. So I'm hoping maybe we can get into that a little later on too. So, so what made you kind of become this founder and director of the entrepreneur's journey? I would say it's very much a journey in itself, to be honest. And I I come across the hero's journey a long, long time ago, and it's something when I first I came across it, I was I was interested in it, and it wasn't something that fascinated me straight away. Um, but through further development, I was I was in awe by the work of Joseph Campbell and the structure of the hero's journey, and I became fascinated by it, and I've I've studied it ever since. Um, but me, for me, it brings so much. It brought so much clarity into my life. Uh, it gave me so much direction, and allowed me to follow my path of of bliss and and connect with my soul as an individual. Um, and I love to to do that for other people as well. So, in regards to my journey and story back many years ago, I suppose you want to hear my story of how I sure. got into it. Sure. Yeah. So. I mean, I'd, I'd studied clinical hypnotherapy, neurolinguistic programming, and dif- different areas of, you know, therapeutic uh, tools to help create change, uh, which all were absolutely fantastic, and I loved them. But um, I came I came across this seminar in my local area in Southampton in the UK, and uh, a friend of mine, Rob Quester, spoke about the hero's journey to build your authority and influence uh, online and within your marketplace. And so I first heard about it through telling your story to build your influence. Um, and I'd, I'd imagine that was that was where I started to realize the true impact I could make in my marketplace. But I think that's what didn't I didn't connect with initially because it was more for me about connecting with myself and making a difference in the world rather than you know, using it to make influence and impact, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, for people maybe who aren't familiar with Joseph Campbell's work in The Hero's Journey, can you describe um, some of the studies of that and the philosophy of it and what that is all about? Okay. (laughs) Well, that's a huge question, really, because (laughs) Joseph Campbell's work, you know, he's he's written 15 books or so at least, um, and he's done many programs, but from what I understand of the hero's journey, and you know, you can take many different takes on it. To be honest, um, but Joseph Campbell studied mythology and religion. Um, he identified a structure within each and every one of those stories, which was um, the birthing of the structure of the hero's journey. Um, it's it's influenced film directors to create 
incredible films such as Star Wars and uh, George Lucas actually described Star Wars as, as a modern day myth. Um, so it's influenced in film, but more so importantly with the work that I do it is that, you know, Joseph Campbell identified that it was also evident in our own lives. So it's anyone that wants to create a shift and a change in their life, anyone finding themselves in that place of pain and wanting to, you know, find their own bliss or search for their own grail will go through this structure naturally. Um, his ideas and philosophies came very much from Carl Jung and Sigmund Freud. Uh, most of them, most people believe it primarily came from from Carl Jung, but Sigmund Freud's work was very much influenced by Joseph Campbell's work as well, where he, he spoke about obviously superego and, you know, building your character and your persona. So there is a lot that I can talk about in regards to the structure and philosophy, but it's it's based around psychology, you know, it's based around spirituality as well. But the way I describe it nowadays, I personally believe it's a journey to your soul and a journey to uncovering yourself as an individual. Because um, it's all about detaching yourself from, you know, conditioning, conscious conditioning from childhood, uh, your parents, society and cultures, where we've been taught to live a certain way. And it's then finding the truth within us about what life means to us and bringing that deeper inner meaning to ourselves and our lives and discovering ourselves through that process. And, you know, I see the 12-step process of the heroic journey as uncovering yourself and a journey to wholeness as well, you could say. I hope that encapsulates it. Yeah. And your primary focus of clientele that you work with is coaches, therapists, consultants, and you use the word change makers. So um, what is like... Um, What's typical work with you like if, if somebody that kind of falls into that category? Like, what do you see? They're coming to you and are they looking to just kind of redefine their message or figuring out a way to market their material and making the change within themselves so that they are kind of bringing their purpose out into the world? But, you know, if somebody were to contact you and want to work with you, what does the process kind of look like and entail? Well, I... I personally believe that each and every one of us has a journey and story that we've gone through, um, specifically coaches, therapists, healers, and and I would say change makers as well. And each and every one is incredible and fantastic at the work that they do. But for me, when understanding your journey and story, um, you go through your road of trials, you go through your ordeal, you, you go about your transformation, and the journey of a hero, as described by Joseph Campbell is, is a journey of giving back, but giving back in your own unique way. And Simon Sinek uses, often uses the phrase, uh, people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. But I go as far as saying people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it based on your journey. And so the way that I work with people is I help uncover their journey and story, but help them define who they are, create more deeper inner meaning with themselves in some respects as well, but deliver their message in their own unique way, um, rather than than being brought in their services, you could say, if that makes sense. Yeah, I love that. That's great. I've never heard anybody put it into that, to those terms. I like that. Thanks. Yeah, and I know that you have, and this kind of like, um, 
piggybacks off of what you were saying, but some of the services that you provide, like you were talking about, is writing your own empowering business story to really get that clear to the message of what your journey is. Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest and say I'm I'm not a writer at all. In fact, um, so I would say it goes as far as saying sometimes I wouldn't describe myself as as even the best copywriter. I write my own articles, and, and you know, copy. But the journey of um, writing your own empowering business story is really uncovering that whole hero's journey to get that more clarity and perspective, so that they can then go about writing it themselves. But I build that structure into their journey so they can go about delivering it that, that in an impactful way, if that makes sense. Be- yeah, definitely. Because I would say your journey is your message, you know, and mm-hmm. your hero's journey echoes into each and every part of your marketing, your message and how you get yourself out there in the world. Yeah, and it also seems like you incorporate, you have a lot of tools, you know, in, in your book bag, I would say, with, you know, clinical hypnotherapy, the neuro-linguistic programming, Reiki. So do you have like a, a certain approach when working with individuals or do you just figure out maybe what that individual needs? Like, how do you know when hypnotherapy is right for that person or NLP? I would say it's a very much a holistic approach. Um, but it's it's also have its has its structure, um, whereby in a mentoring aspect we look at their journey and we look at their original world and what's originally brought them that pain and discomfort, so that we can help them within their transformation, what their refusal to calls are, because that can be a, a conscious conscious fear held within or it could be even an unconscious fear that's that's much more deep rooted that we need to uncover so i mean susan jeffers uses the phrase um feel the fear and do it anyway now i used to love that phrase but nowadays i'm not so much a fan of it because i see when we look at our ego ourself and our shadow you know our ego is our conditions our self is our unconscious programming and beliefs and values and things like that but our shadow self is is really a direct mirror of uh, our conditioning because there are suppressed emotions suppressed experiences and things like that so in regards to using the different tools it really it really does depend on the individual and the shadow aspect that comes up for them if that makes sense the unconscious programming and fears that are really you know holding them back or or preventing them from really embracing the life that they want to lead you know Right. And can you go into a little more description of what this programming is all about? Some people might be like, what? I'm not programmed. I haven't been programmed. What is he talking about? What, is, what does that mean, you know, the programming in childhood? Okay. So if I go, if I go through the, the basis of the hero's journey initially, because as I said, it's breaking free from old conditions and uncovering yourself. So we start we start by finding ourselves in the original world where it place of pain and discomfort. We want to create that shift and change. We then move to um, the call to adventure and then we have that refusal to call. Now that is in our conscious programming because in some ways we're waking up. We are, we are learning that in some respects the world isn't all sunshine and rainbows. You know, there's, there's darkness out there. You could say, um, but the ego is is all of your conditioning from a young age 
you've you've been imprinted with certain conditions from from a very young age and if we look in spirituality and you believe in past lives then then it could even be um conditions that have been passed through but your ego is all those conscious conditions from society culture religion your parents all of those conditionings and i wrote an article about uh, beauty and the beast and its symbolism whereby i think we can all relate to the beast in some respects because the the beast lives within within us where we've got the shadow aspects of ourselves but our ego in terms of conditioning in that respect is when you think about a woman needs to be perfect in 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 the eyes of a world you know it needs to have the perfect figure it needs to be the loving and caring uh, wife and, and mother and needs to be this perfect representation of what society and culture is telling you to be and we all know that 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 isn't we, we can't possibly create that within ourselves and so it's learning that obviously that puts the shadow aspects of ourselves into play because we start believing we're not good enough, we're not worthy enough. And from a male perspective, a male needs to be the provider. Um, it needs to uh, give the money and, and be, be very masculine. And, you know, they, they have the diff those different rules on society. So your ego is all those types of conditioning um, that don't really serve you. They, they have served you and they've, they've helped you get to where you are. But finding self is also discovering what rules work for you and what rules don't work for you. And uncovering yourself is that journey of discovering who you are as that individual. Uh, what is going to bring you that bliss and happiness? How do you want to live your life? How do you want to make a difference in the world? And the shadow stuff is un uncovering the, the darkness aspect of yourself. I hope that makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, those were two really great examples of kind of how you explained the, I guess, the societal roles of how men and women are supposed to play in the world. And, you know, it feels like to me that if you're a man or a woman and maybe you're not fitting into that mold, it's like how I think the challenge is trying to work through like the shame of that or feeling different or, you know, how come I'm not married by a certain age or why is it that I have no children and I probably won't have children or, you know, what if, what if my wife is providing and I'm the one that's staying home and watching the kids, you know, and, yeah. you know, trying to, I think what you're saying in the work that you're doing is trying to find yourself outside of all of those identities that maybe society has created for us. Yeah, I would, I would describe that. And, um, I, I went, I often go about healing my own self because I think our own journey is, you know, our hero's journey is not just one hero's journey that we go through. We can, I used to have a huge fear of public speaking and now I love it. I've gone through my hero's journey in that respect. And, 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 I, and, you know, that's what I do, but we have the different layers of our journey. And so it's, it's like the uncovering of the onion, you know, and uncovering the different layers of ourself. Um, so we we go through our different journeys and different layers of breaking free from those conditions. And I think it's just even the act of noticing allows us to to live life on our terms in some re respects. You know. 
Yeah. Now, overcoming the fear of public speaking. I think the fear of public speaking is like one of the top three or top five fears of human beings. Um, would you mind sharing a little bit of your personal story of how you were able to overcome that and to hear that you love it now? I mean, obviously, here you are, you're on this <laughs> podcast, um, you know, you're trying to get the message out. But I bet there's a lot of listeners out there that would say, me too, me too. How, how'd you do it? I mean, this, if we look at it in regards to the hero's journey, I was back, back at university. I had yeah, I, di I didn't realize or notice that I had this fear of public speaking. And usually at the start of our journey, we're unconscious of not knowing that we do have these fears or whatever it is. So I had this fear of public speaking. Um, I went to deliver a presentation in front of all my classmates. And the sad thing was that I, I bottled it at that time. And I went for my placement year uh, living over in Ireland, which was absolutely fantastic. And I did some public speaking courses. They were two, three-day courses. And that's when I started to realize, wow, I do have this huge fear. And the courses were great back then when I first did them. But it didn't really help overcome my fear. It's all about structuring your talks and delivering a presentation. And, and you could say in a more corporate setting. So when I came back and started my own business, I needed to speak in uh, local business groups in order to get my message out there and you'd always stand up and you know feel this fear and and I realized that in order to grow my business I would have to overcome that and so first of all I went to a Toastmasters group in my local area which was absolutely fantastic and a lot of people go to Toastmasters and they learn some great skills and I love Toastmasters for what it's given me um, but one of the biggest learnings I take away from that was every time I had the opportunity to, to speak, whether it was to deliver a formal speech out of the competent communicators manuals that they had, or whether it was to do a leadership role, which was being the Toastmaster or delivering an evaluation, I stepped up to every single role. And no matter how much fear I had within me, that, that transformed quite quickly well, quickly, I would say probably over over the space of a year or so. But I started really embracing and, and loving it because I felt that it wasn't, I realized that it wasn't about me on the stage. It's more about my audience and the message that they are to hear from the message you're delivering, you know. Um, but I did also go on a few public speaking courses from professionals, such as there was a lady called Joanna Martin who uh, it was a very heart-centered speaker, very much similar energy to me in terms of the way I want to pass my message on. And so over time, I just I just transformed that fear. And But I did have times where other presentations didn't go so well. But I think that's natural throughout your whole journey or road of trials. You're going to experience those, those setbacks and those failures. And, and they're only they're only your trial by initiation is initiating you to who you're to become you know if you accept that journey um and luckily enough i accepted it and and now i i love speaking i love passing my message on whether it's delivering a talk on stage doing a podcast and and i've i've run quite a few online shows myself and just it's just um finding out the message you want to give back to people at least that's what i think um and that fear goes from you because you're putting the emphasis on the others 
who you're passing that message on to, if that makes sense. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that story. And, you know, I loved how you kind of had that moment where you realized it wasn't even so much about you, but it was about the audience and delivering that to the audience, you know? And to me, that's like, that's breaking through some of the ego, making it less about you and more about others. Um, so that's cool. That's great. I'm glad that you overcame that fear. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. And, And I would say for other people, you can easily overcome your fears. Just, just step into that step into that place of fear and embrace it you know i would say you can easily transform transform it absolutely (laughs) now i'd like to um move into just learning a little bit more about neuro-linguistic programming i did some um training myself for uh clinical hypnotherapy out in arizona um at the southwest institute of healing arts and we had a neuro-linguistic programmer come in in one of the days and he was like i think hypnotherapy is great but you know instead of having to go through this whole induction process and relaxing the patient he's like neuro-linguistic programming or they also call it nlp he's like it's quick it's quick and it's easy (laughs) and you know he gave us a demonstration and i don't remember a whole lot about it but i was thinking yeah wow this seems like a lot quicker than the whole process of hypnotherapy so could you maybe um, explain to us what neurolinguistic programming is and then how it's used. So, neuro linguistic programming um, focus on, focuses on our language, focuses on the way that we lo- use our language to program our minds to create change. And it's very similar to hypnotherapy, but it's, I would say, in some respects, yeah, it's. It's more of a conscious way of creating change rather than an unconscious way of creating change with hypnosis or hypnotherapy. But at the same time, you are going into the unconscious to create those changes. Um, but it's, I would say, see, I've got very much different views on NLP nowadays. I, I love it to some respects, but I'm an absolute lover of hypnosis and hypnotherapy because I personally believe if if people want to create big shifts and changes, that's when they need to really do the deeper work with hypnosis. And and I, I used to love using rapid inductions because you could get a deep state of hypnosis and relaxation in a very quick time and create change uh, very quickly. So you didn't need to go through all the relaxation that you would go through with Ericksonian hypnosis, but it still had the real power to you know create change. Um, but I'm sure you know with with hypnotherapy that they've all got their different uses uses. Um, but I think with with neurolinguistic programming, it can help you build your confidence very quickly because you can use anchors. So set set um, triggers for different emotions so that you can bring your confidence out. So if I wanted to, before I got on this podcast, I don't I don't do it anymore. But I could, you know, click my fingers together, and. You know, I'm instantly in this state of confidence, you know. Um, or I used to use the circle of excellence a lot, and that was that was using uh, language uh, to program our thoughts and emotions. Um, but you can use visualization techniques in order to help people create that change. I don't speak about NLP so much anymore. It's it's just a part of what I do. Um, but I do love it in some ways. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was I was uh, recently listening to a podcast, and the person being interviewed was talking about it. And part of the podcast was about the power of our minds and really how how strong our consciousness is. And when he was he was working with somebody that had an allergy to cat hair. So what they were trying to do was reprogram this this allergy and they had the person think of a time when they were like at optimal health and just feeling great and no allergies, you know, whatsoever and set an anchor in to the body and yeah. then they actually had cat hair in the office and waved it over the person's nose and lo and behold there was no allergic reaction to it whereas before that would have been something that would have happened. And I'm listening to this podcast. I'm like, Oh my God, that's wild. That's crazy. Can that, is this really possible? So, um, just, even though you're not, you know, doing it as much, could you explain what that anchoring is and how it really can shift the mind and the consciousness? If it, it really, uh, it really works on all of your senses. So you've got visual auditory kinesthetic and, and it's, it's a process of visualization and um, connecting with with deeper in a, well your your feelings, but it's going back to past events where you where you felt this emotion, so that you can relive that experience and create that at any time through an anchor. So, for example, you know, imagine a time when you were confident, and when you think back at that time, imagine how you were standing, how you were sitting, um, see what you see through your own eyes in an, an associated state whereby you can really connect with that experience. Hear what you hear so you can hear the surroundings. So you're, you're connecting with all of your senses here and then really connect with those feelings. Um, feel the feelings as if you were feeling that confidence in this very moment right now, you know. And then what you do is uh, w with an anchor and I'm probably sh sure you've used to sim the hypnosis at times as well. <clears throat> but um, you anchor it to a certain action so so when you click your fingers you can re-trigger this feeling um, and you set the anchor at, in a, at a certain intense state so that you can bring that back at a later time and moment great yeah and um, similar to I mean I've, I've used anchors in hypnotherapy where sometimes we will you know, I'll ask the person where would be an easy place to access on their body that they could touch afterwards and remind the body of, you know, the yeah. sensation or whatever it is that they need. So it sounds a little similar as well. Yeah. So what, what do you feel with your techniques? And you've been doing this for a while now and you've played around with different things. And like you said, you don't maybe use NLP as much anymore. But what has been the most successful formula for you in working with people and seeing them move rather quickly to their goals and where they want to be for me as i said at the beginning it's it's really been the hero's journey because you know you can you can do all these techniques um to create you know certain changes in your life but for me when you when you understand your journey and you start to understand yourself within that journey and, and how you play a certain role in your life then you can create then you can go about creating those changes um, because the hero's journey is not just about the structure and, and how you create that change but it's it's all about the psychology behind it and we, if we if we look at archetypes for example archetypes help us understand ourselves you know 
and archetypes help us understand it ourselves in the different stages of our journey so you can look at people like with you know alcohol problems you know people that have gone through through sexual abuse or different different problems and what you can identify is is the archetypes that they played in certain aspects of their life and how they can connect with the archetype within to, to go about that transformation, what they can learn about themselves through that. You know, so so you might start off as, as an orphan or, or a person of innocence. You might be the warrior or the caregiver. And each and every archetype has its has its pitfalls, you could say, or its shadow aspects that that bring about pain and discomfort because we are giving ourselves too much to the world or or within an orphan we're adopting this orphan mentality and we're not allowing that self-healing which is really key with the orphan in order to create change you know in in regards to the innocent if we still live in the innocence then we can we can be neglected and abused ourselves um, by people that that may take advantage of us you know so by understanding those archetypes, we can then shift through that and find that balance and harmony within ourselves to create those shifts and changes. But by understanding our journey, we can see not only where we are, but also where we want to go. We can gain real clarity of our lives. And we can think, okay, so wait, where are you now in regards to your journey? What struggles are you facing in your life at this time? And how can we help you move through them by understanding your journey as a whole. Because Joseph Campbell often used to face the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. Now there's a lot of shadow work that, that I believe each and every one of us in order to that journey of wholeness or connected with our soul, we need to delve deep into that shadow aspect of who we are so that we can learn to dance with that shadow or create that wholeness in regards to our persona and character and so when we look at that in regards to our journey um, we can see where we need to transform um, so all these tools and techniques that, that we use like with like hypnotherapy neurolinguistic programming reiki they're all fantastic but i personally believe they play a part within your journey of healing and transformation and archetypes helps you understand that, find the shadow aspects of yourself and learn how you can really transform and move forward, but really uncover and discover yourself um, because it's all searching and finding your own grail, your own bliss and learning to live life in according to your values and beliefs. So what's going to bring you happiness and not necessarily saying that, you know, this technique is going to give me this result, result and, and make me you feel great you know it's really the holistic approach of bringing it all together in terms of creating that bigger shift and change i hope that answers your question yeah and it leads me to the next question of do you think shadow work is ev ever can get to the point where it's totally complete or um you know when i actually think of just a metaphor of a shadow how some days you know i can walk and there is no shadow and that's great and then other days i look down and you know, it's a little bit cloudier or sunnier or whatever, and I could see an actual shadow. But is there such thing as actually coming to the end or a completion of shadow work, or would you say there's always shadow to be worked on? 
that's that's interesting i i think there's always shadow to be worked on in some respects but in another way you know we can reach a level of wholeness in certain areas of our lives and we can create that that bliss and happiness if we look at the the final stage of the hero journey it's the atonement and the atonement whereby i i spoke at the beginning about your persona and character which is your ego yourself and your shadow and becoming whole within each and every aspect you could say in a certain phase of your journey but the atonement is there is the death and resurrection of who you are you know the symbolism within the bible um jesus dies and comes back to life within our own lives it's it's really the stripping bare of who we are as individuals our old conditionings our, our old conditioning and really uncovering ourselves and 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 nurturing each and every aspect of ourselves the thing is we we know that our shadow exists and our shadow is something that we will learn to embrace over time and as we go through different layers of our journey you know different things will come up and arise within our shadow but as i said it's for me it's learning to dance with that you know it's there you know it's a part of you but but it is a part of you and that's something that we need to to love about ourselves and not and not fear rather than you know when we're living in ego consciousness you could say we are actually fearing our shadow to even look at it but when we get to a place of incompletion of our journey our our shadow is becoming a part of ourselves whereby we are living in ego consciousness again because we completed our journey but we've now become this wise we're now living with wise ego because we we understand our lives and our journey and and the different facets of ourselves although we will uncover more aspects hmm, wise ego i love it <laughs> that's great now you are out in the uk so do you do any of this work via skype or you know if people over here in the in the states you know wanted to access some of your services how do, how do you reach people where can people find you yeah i'm i do it i do a lot of stuff online um and yeah work with people all over the world which is it's lovely um though i do work with people in the uk as well but most of the services are based through skype or um obviously if i'm in the uk i can work with people locally but but even in the uk it can be remote work because they're in different parts of the country um so that's and you can find me on my website which is www.theentrepreneursjourney.tv and by accessing my website you can also find me on facebook twitter and and other social media platforms but one of the things that i've literally just launched it was just last month was um an app for your phone but it's it's only an android app at the moment which is a real shame so those of you who are iphone users it's not quite ready yet and I haven't started it quite yet either, so I do apologise. But it, hopefully get that out by the end of the summer. But that's all about taking your hero's journey through your phone. And and I'll also be sharing some hero's journey wisdom within that app every week. So that's quite exciting. You can find that by searching the Take Your Hero's Journey within the Google Play Store if you wanted to find that. Great. Well, you'll definitely have to let me know when you get it ready for the iPhone because I have the iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> and 
doing things through app is just great. I, I'm rarely on a big computer ever. It just seems like everything I do is through the phone. And so having that accessible through an app, that's great. Congratulations for launching that. Ah, oh, thanks. <laughs> it's, it's been a journey in itself. I've, I, I could say, um, and I, I did this on a post and it was about four or five months back. And I said, um, that I was neglecting the techie aspect of myself because I'm a techie as well. And, and uh, I knew that I had to to make things more accessible for people. And, and an app, I believe, is a way to do that, you know, when people are on the go. It's nice. Absolutely. Well, Andy, it was so nice to speak with you. I'm glad that you found our podcast and wanted to be a guest on our show and really appreciate all of the information that you brought to our podcast and teaching us about the hero's journey. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me, April. It's uh, it's, uh, it's lovely to share with all of you. And um, yeah, I really look forward to to listening to your other podcasts. I was listening to Teal Swans just earlier and it was, it was a fascinating talk as well, which again, I, I enjoy your podcast and you do a great job. So thanks. Great. Thank you. Well, have a great day. You too. If you'd like more information about our films or to purchase our DVDs, you can head on over to our website at thepastseries.com. They're also available to purchase on amazon.com. Our films are also streaming online at vimeo.com, guyamtv.com, and iTunes. If you have a show suggestion or would like us to interview someone specifically, please feel free to shoot us an email at info at thepastseries.com or send us a tweet at thepastseries. Please rate and review us in iTunes and subscribe. We hope you enjoyed the show.